Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. We're back after a week hiatus due to illnesses and various things, which seems to be happening a lot, even in lockdown, which is it's weird. But hey, you got to ride through it sometimes. Um, how are you, Ryan, with me as always? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. I'm very good. Had a little COVID scare maybe, didn't we? Yeah, just a little, little tiny little COVID scare, but it wasn't COVID, so everyone can just get on with their lives now. Yeah. Because I'm immortal, so everyone needs to calm down. We can, so, all, we can all go back to work now. It's... It's all been one yeah, big because dream. I don't have it. The country can reopen. Yeah, it's all been one big dream. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wouldn't even be mad. I wouldn't even be mad. It's like when people say, imagine if this was one big episode of Black Mirror and Charlie Brookage comes out and goes, surprise, I wouldn't even be angry. I'd just be like, thank you. Thank you that it's over. We can all get on with our lives now. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm making my way through Crash Bandicoot and Cyberpunk at the moment. <laughs> There's only so much Xbox I can play without wanting to put my head through a wall. Yeah, that's fair, but I think, uh, if I'm right in saying, the only thing you play is FIFA, so... Yeah, but that's because I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, shall we start? Yeah, let's, before we digress any further. So, last week we brought you part one of Sylvia Lycan. So, I hope you enjoyed that and the, I'm sure, bloodshed that's about to come next week, mm. which we're all looking forward to but we thought usually when we do two parters we do them back to back but we thought this time we'd uh, break it up a little bit so this is kind of an informal episode that will also become um well i had a headache talking about this i had a very good friend of mine uh talk about it with me and honestly at points i was questioning my own existence which happens quite regularly <laughs> but <laughs> this i have to say is one of my just... favorite subjects in the entire world philosophy i absolutely love philosophy i i could sit and talk about philosophy until the cows come home i love it okay well i'm glad i'm glad because that's what we're here for <laughs> so today 
The, usually the episode is we focus on one person and we take you through the story of their lives. This is a little bit different. This is generally just a philosophical chat because I'm, I think we've both been itching to do it for a while. Mm. And philosophy encompasses a lot of things. So we are just going to talk about a few specific things and not the general meaning of life and all of that stuff because we could be here for hours. And also I feel like I need to put out a disclaimer that we are not philosophers. We're just two blokes with probably too many opinions. Yeah, yeah. No, my, my qualifications, I, I'm a man... Uh, with depression and anxiety and think about my own meaning of life on this planet about once every hour. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to fill your quota for this hour then. We can record this one. <laughs> yeah, so we've got another uh, 57 minutes to go <laughs> before I start contemplating again. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, we're in the right place. So philosophy. We're not philosophers. Don't take anything we say as gospel because we'll probably steer you wrong. So... We're going to start off with something that I'm pretty sure a lot of people may have heard of. We're going to start off with uh, Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Have you heard of this? I have. I have indeed. I think it's very interesting. It's it's fascinating. So I'll just, for the people that may not know what this is, I'll just give a brief rundown of what's, uh, what it is, and then we'll discuss the potential meanings of what it could be. And if you remember our Diogenes episode, Plato was involved in that because Diogenes and Plato didn't get on. Yep. Diogenes would often... Come and heckle Plato as he was took, giving lectures, which is just amazing. Massive shit in the middle of his lecture and then walked out again. <laughs> Literally just dumped in the middle of it, yeah. And also bought it. It's just fascinating. Amazing that philosophers have beef. <laughs> so imagine, if you will, there's a line of prisoners chained together in a cave. They've been here since birth and therefore they don't know any different. Behind the prisoners is a fire. And from the fire, shadows are cast onto the wall in front of the prisoners who have no choice but to only look at the wall and the shadows. The prisoners have seen absolutely nothing but the shadows for their entire life. And the prisoners would often play games and try and guess which shadow is coming next. And they thought the shadows are what's truly real because they don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. However, one day, one of the prisoners gets loose. His chains are gone. He walks around. He sees the fire and the things that have been casting the shadows. He then realises that the shadows are from things passing by, and the puppet, or the things casting the shadow, is the greater reality. So, the prisoner walks out of the cave, and the sun hurts his eyes. Eventually, they adjust, and he sees the world for the first time. He realises that until now, he had no idea what the greater, greater? That's not a word, greater reality was. Everything he saw before was not the real world. He then remembers the other prisoners and pities them because they don't know the truth. He returns to the cave to tell them of the greater reality. But no matter how hard he tries, they simply cannot fathom a life different to the one that they've lived. Due to his eyes having adjusted to the sun, he struggles to see the shadows on the wall and all of the other prisoners begin ridiculing him for being unable to see the shadows and saying leaving the cave is a waste of time. They then threaten to kill anyone who dares to leave the cave. So that's the general gist of it. Mm. It's um. It let's get on to the deeper meaning. Yeah, it's um, it's something that um I think comedians have joked about it a few times about the idea of uh what would a fish say to its friends once it's just been caught by a fisherman and put back in the water. I think it's a similar mm. similar setup. And it's this entire world yeah. it's just lived underwater of all this, and then someone just plucks it out of nowhere and abducts it, and then comes back and says, "There's aliens up there. There's aliens up there." And everyone's like, "Are you mad? No, there isn't." 
You only accept the reality that's presented to you. So personally, I think that this uh, theory or what Plato was saying is that people generally live quite closed-minded in the modern world or in in the world that they're born into. And they generally refuse to accept another world that could be out there. Mm. And I think we, we find it a lot with these podcasts. We refer to them a lot as little Britainers, people that will be born. They'll stay in, just, this is just to contextualise it a little bit, they'll stay in the same town and they won't venture out, they won't have adventures, they won't seek out new things, speak to different people from different walks of life, yeah. and therefore they then think that their way of life is absolute and the only way to live, yeah. despite never having experienced anything else. Yeah. It, 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 it's true of today's world. We, I think we discussed it in the Churchill episode quite extensively. Mm. Yeah, th- I think the key word here is, um, for this particular uh, story here is ignorance um, and how powerful it can be. Um, these prisoners in this in the uh, story, they only know one life, and that's the shadows on the wall. They're completely ignorant to anything else that might be out there until the other prisoner goes out and sees that there is more to life than this. And then when they tell them, they can't quite fathom it, um, and because they're, they're just ignorant to the truth as well. They're just ignorant altogether. And then begin ridiculing the person that has seen the greater truth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it 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 works in almost every aspect of life. Um, it's almost quite prevalent in uh, what's going on with the world right now. We've obviously COVID. Uh, those who have not had COVID affect them in any way will assume or have the opinion that it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, but that's just ignorant to the fact that for some people it it's been world ending. Quite literally. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people only accept... But then I, I I was flicking through some comments about it because I wanted to see other people's um, thoughts. And someone brought up something very interesting, that everyone, when they listen to this theory, believes that they are the one who has been enlightened. Right. Which I thought was a fascinating theory, that everyone thinks that they are the one who's cracked it. Which generally I think is true. They're the one that my life is the way it should be. I've cracked the code. I, I've accepted this greater reality and other people need to listen to me. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's funny though, with philosophy, there's no right answers. I th- if, I, if I'm right, which I'm probably not, um, I think philosophy, is, isn't that the word Latin for uh, the science of thinking, I believe? I truly have no um, idea. Um, I, I believe that's what it means, the science of thinking. Um, and in terms of the mind, can you be correct all the time? I mean, I don't think you can. There's no right answer. It's, it's how you interpret it. Um, mm. and that's why it's... For me, personally, I think that's why it's endlessly fascinating because there are a million ways you could interpret something. Um, some people might say, if you have to play devil's advocate for a minute, um, the one staring at the shadows are right. That's the truth. And what the other prisoner has been led to believe is just a lie everything out there is a lie it's been been made up by some devil uh, to trick him into straying from the path of the truth which we have been given which has always been right in front of us you know you could you could spin it almost anywhere you like mm, absolutely it's I, I i was presented with this um i first heard about this when i first turned vegan i know i bring it up every episode but i don't care and <laughs> i didn't know you were vegan <laughs> No, not many people do, but I keep telling them. And I found it fascinating because it was it was presented to me in a way of you have been enlightened, and I I, I won't lie to you. I feel like I have. I won't. I, I feel that this theory for me represents that, and I'm sure other people will 
massively disagree with me, which I found recently. It's, it's shocking the amount of abuse you can get for just living your life a certain way, but that's another argument. Yeah. And I feel like I lived a certain way for 24 years of my life, and then all of a sudden I had... I don't know whether it was a sudden wake-up call or if it was gradual, but th- there, was a, there was a change. There was a moment of change mm. where I, f- I felt like the world shift a little bit and the way I went about things, my, the, my philosophies on life changed. And I think I, I, apl- I could apply that to Plato's cave theory, the fact that I broke out of the chains of, dare I say, the meat in- industry. And now I, I'm sure you've seen on Instagram, I'm constantly <laughs> posting things about why <laughs> I think the meat industry is bad. And I get more support than I get hate, though, which is quite nice. No, I think people nice. just don't want to argue with me because they know I just won't let leave them alone. So in, in uh, but Plato's allegory, you are the prisoner who managed to get outside um, yes. and see another truth. Um, exactly. Do you but know? Then I, but then I'm not arrogant enough to say that people who then eat meat can't have that same enlightenment right. the other way around. I, I would disagree with them. Naturally, I'd disagree with them. But I know that they will feel the same way I feel. So you wouldn't, in this instance, uh, go back into the cave and then tell those that are still looking at the shadows that that's the wrong way to do it. See, this is the thing, isn't it? Recently, I have been telling people it's the wrong way to do it, but I think just because lately I've just been getting very angry about certain things. <laughs> I, I got into a weird Twitter argument that I need. I should have told you about before we started recording. Someone was telling me that I was... Um, I was anti-abortion because I was a vegan. It was a whole thing. It was oh. mental. The most bizarre encounter I've ever had. My mind honestly exploded. But I think I, I would go back and I would try and convince them like I'm doing now, but I'm well prepared for the ridicule. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is just what this is one context that this can be applied to. It can be applied to many things like Brexit. People that voted leave can be like, we've been enlightened. We don't want to be part of the EU. And people that want to be part of the EU say, no, you are the ones that have been chained. Mm. It's it's a it's a cycle. No, it's good. I mean, if we was to play that out right now, uh, it would suggest that those of us that were born uh, from the 80s onwards know nothing but being part of the European Union, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as they would be concerned, we are the ones that have been stuck staring at the wall and the shadows. And those that voted leave are the ones that managed to get out of the cave and see this bright new world that it's full of promise and uh, all these sort of things. Uh, whereas, arguably, if you're a, well, I don't know if we can call them Remainers anymore, but if you were anti-Brexit um, in the first place, you might flip it and say uh, all of those who um, uh, uh, pine for a time before are the ones staring at this shadow puppets and those of us who actually go out and explore Europe and use that freedom to travel and the freedom to work in other places and and use it to trade with them at, at, at no extra cost and blah 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 we're the ones that have been out the cave and been able to see what is out there you know it, it, it's insane how you can explain it um and again I'll go back to it I really do believe that the one word for me that I take away from that story is just ignorance. That's it. It explains to me what ignorance means. Yeah, I, I think that's the general gist of it, isn't it? And it's fascinating that it was constructed thousands of years ago mm. and still rings true. Yeah, it's fascinating how. Yeah, it is timeless. It could be used at any point in history. Yeah. So there's Plato's cave. Good job, Plato. Well done. I hope your lectures went well as Diogenes was heckling you. Yeah. Yeah. Done some so, good things, relatively. 
Yeah. So we're going to move on now. And this bit, this is completely different to what we've just been talking about. This bit really hurt my head. And there was moments as it was being explained to me where my head was in my hands and my brain was desperately trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. And I was struggling. So you're going to have to bear with me. But we're going to have a good go. Mm -hmm. It's about things like direct realism and indirect realism and perceptual experiences and things. Okay. It, this is fascinating. This absolutely fascinated me, but I, I don't. I still don't fully understand it, and I don't think I ever will. So, direct realism. So, for example, I want you to look around the room that you're in now and find an object. So I'm looking at a bonsai tree, for example. This is kind of what I focus on. Find an object and just focus on it. Direct realism claims that that physical object exists, mm-hmm. and if I went into your room, I would see that same object, and that's that. Yeah. We would both be looking at the same object. That is what I would say. What, what are you looking at? What's the object? Uh, my television. Your television. I'd walk into your room. I'd see that television. I'm assuming it's a black screen, maybe like a black border. Yeah, black screen, black border. Yeah. Okay. That's direct realism. We're both looking at a television. Mm-hmm. Indirect realism. Uh, these notes might not make any sense. We'll see what happens. Claim that we perceive physical objects that are mind-independent, but we do it on a mind-dependent sense data. So what I see wouldn't be the same as what you see. Oh, okay. Okay. So say, for example, the shade of black or whatever that you're seeing might be different to what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Because our senses are different. Yeah, or or, I imagine there's... Uh, a particular aspect of it that you might pick up on that I might not have. Exactly. Uh, I think the same. I think it, to make this make sense, it works better for taste. People have different tastes. Well, you might like a strawberry. I might not like a strawberry. Mm-hmm. Things like mm-hmm. that. Does it work? But the eyes, it works for the eyes. And I think people, I struggled with that concept for a very long time because if I look at my um, sound mixer here, it's red. And if someone else came in, it's red. But they might be looking at it as a different shade of red. Or someone who's colorblind might not see it Because their all. senses are different. Oh yeah, I think that's just a whole different ball yeah. game. But yeah, exactly that. Or um, everyone's senses lead them to believe something else. Uh, would the um, would the dress, the famous dress, is it blue and black or is We're it? We're literally going to get onto ah, that. Okay. Yeah, the blue and gold dress is one of the most famous examples of. Because this. whoever made it, they know what color it is. They made it that color. However, the dress was blue and black. The actual dress is blue and in black. In certain pictures and for certain people's eyes, they perceive it a different color. If for me, looking at it, it was gold and white, and it was never anything other than gold and white. For, no, for me, it was it was black and blue. It was black and blue for me. That's fascinating. And I I was in first year of uni when this came out, and I remember having arguments to the death yeah. about what colour it was, and I just couldn't comprehend that people were seeing like black and blue because it was gold and white to me. <laughs> That's all I could see. Yeah. And then some people saying some days it's blue and black, some days it's gold and white. Like, How? It's it's gold and white. Mm. It was something to do with your eyes, like. I don't want to start using scientific words, but the way your eyes are made. Okay, yeah. Oh, something like to do with the, the, the curve of it or whatnot, if it's a rounder eye. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, okay. and then it, But that that is one of the most famous examples. And so that also works with, I'm assuming, optical illusions. I, I guess I so. Thought. I haven't really given uh, there's that one, any There's thought. one where, um, at, at a glance, it looks like a picture of a skull. But if you look hard enough, you start to see the finer details of it, and it's a lady sat in front of a mirror doing like her makeup or whatever. It's quite clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I find okay. That fascinating. Carry on. There was a man called Bertrand Russell. Oh, yeah. And this is where he kind of the concept, kind of 
content of his perceptual experience and all that kind of stuff. He believed that things only exist when we experience it. And I liken this to the, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a sound kind of thing? Yeah, or if you don't look at the moon, is it still there? Exactly. So senses are private and physical objects are public. So the tree falling would still happen, but because no one is there to hear it or see it, does that mean it's not real? Uh, in, in what sense, sorry? The, the tree does fall. So the tree falls, yeah. but if no one hears it, does it then make uh, th- Does it then make the sound? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, because no, no one's experienced it. So if no one experiences the sound, does that sound occur? Okay, but is that... For me, the answer is yes. Just straight up yes. I'm but... a, I think the answer is yes. And I, I would say that, I mean, maybe I'm just being facetious, but there are people in Australia who are making noise right now but because i can't hear them does that mean they don't it doesn't exist or is it because someone exactly. over in australia is perceiving that sound it can exist so that would suggest that unless you yeah uh, as Bertrand Russell has put it unless you actively experience it it cannot yet exist okay so to take this one step further there was a man called uh, george berkeley and he believed in idealism so, he rejected the idea of objects. He believed that things needed to be perceived to exist. So, if something isn't being looked at, if you leave your room right now, the TV you mentioned earlier doesn't exist anymore. Right. Because you're not perceiving it. Okay. So, I, I, for, to, for me, I need to contextualise it in an easy way for my tiny little brain to understand. So, I imagined it like a like a video game. If you're playing an open world video game, the whole world won't load because the game can't, like, they, it can't do that. Yeah. So it will only load what's on your screen, and then it will just load more as you move around. Yeah. So that generally is the idea of this. So what you're perceiving and looking at exists, while everything else doesn't exist until you look at it. Okay, but what happens when you close your eyes and you walk? What do you mean? Well, he said... In what sense does it not exist? It doesn't exist in the visual perception. I it, it, it does not exist in a visual sense anymore because I cannot see it. However, it is still there mm. in a physical sense and I can still hit it. But then you're you're still perceiving it. Oh, I see. I see. You're... So, the, for me, I think this is absolute nonsense. I think it's chatting out of his ass. Yeah. If I walk out my room right now, everything in here still exists. Yes. But I think the, the, the thinking behind it is... If something isn't being experienced, it then he he just rejected the idea of objects. It's not real. If someone's not perceiving it, it can't be there. I mean, you you could you could repurpose that argument into something different. Um, in so and what he's saying is, unless you actively uh, perceive and engage in it, it it does not exist to you. Uh, going back to sort of Plato with the ignorance levels. Um, Unless something directly affects you, you could argue that it's not real. Mm, so it, it yeah. works in that context, you know. Um, exactly. I don't know. Heart disease to me is not dangerous. It's not to me right now. I don't have any heart issues. I'm a young, fit person. I'm very unlikely maybe to have any heart issues in the next couple of years. Uh, therefore, it doesn't exist. I mean, obviously, that doesn't work. It does exist to someone, but I suppose that's how you could repurpose the argument. I'm with you. I I call that one uh, a bit fooey. 
Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't get my head around that because if I leave this room right now, the bonsai tree, for example, is still going to be there. Yeah, I think. That but I think the argument is because it's not being experienced, it isn't there, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't like the idea of everything behind me right now is just as a, 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 I can't even call it a black abyss because black has to be perceived as a color. There's just an abyss behind me. There's absolutely nothing there until I look mm. and then it loads very, very quickly. It's like there's that video. It's yeah. funny you mentioned video games. Uh, there's a video of Horizon Zero Dawn and it shows how the, the world loads as the camera pans across the world and everything behind it obviously doesn't exist yeah. yet and the world has to load as it yeah. moves. That's quite interesting. That's literally what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I, should be a well, I like the uh, perception thing. I quite like that. I just The last one was a bit fooey. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. So now we're going to get on to empiricism and innateism. Are you familiar? Uh, No. This episode's moving a million miles an hour and it's so different to what we normally do. If this is the first episode of us you've ever listened to, this is not the normal structure. Usually we take a, a subject and we follow through their lives and it's the story of their lives. This is just completely off the wall. <laughs> yeah. So, um, concept empiricism. Before birth, the mind is a blank slate and everything that makes you you occurs from experience. Sorry, so just... Uh, so you have to experience something in order to learn and grow kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your mind so your, your mind didn't exist. You have to experience things to grow your mind. However, concept innateism is that babies have no concept and that's all derived from experience. Um and an experience then triggers concepts that are already in the mind. So you might have heard the term innate ability, which means, oh, you were born with the ability to do that. Yes. Yes. So that's empiricism and innateism, which I think is going to lead fantastically onto the religion debate we're about to have. Okay, so uh, quickly, if, I, uh, if I've got this correct. Um, so like a, ch- a child, a newborn baby is born, uh, and it's, it's, it's a blank canvas in which you can imprint yeah. on it anything... Uh, and it will learn that, and that will be experience. Uh, almost, it, it will accept the world that's presented to it, and it will learn from experience. Okay, almost uh, uh, always goes back, always goes back. Like with the Plato thing, it is being shown shadows, and it will only learn new things by experiencing other things. Yeah, because it was born with no concept of anything. Okay, so like things like time, and then you learn how time works, yeah. and then yeah, that's all you know. And then if someone was to come around and say, oh, by the way... Uh, time doesn't exist over in this part of the galaxy. Here, we use this. And you'd be like, I cannot grasp that. Yeah, exactly that. Okay, right, all right. Forward. Okay. So, this is where it gets juicy. The concept of God. If you are religious, we won't be slating God. We're just going to be talking about the concept of God. Yeah. So. Can't promise anything, though. Buckle in. (laughs) So all religions generally, they they have their differences, but generally they all believe that nothing can be greater than God. I think that's universally accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless if you ask them who created God and then they start getting sweaty. This is where we'll go into. So a man called Augustine, uh, he said, nothing exists that is better than God. God is perfect. God is the ultimate reality. And God is personal. He says staring at us. If a- God is a person... Sorry, carry on. He's a perfect person. If he's a mind, he's a perfect mind. Right. God cannot be become less perfect. Right, okay, okay. So that that's the general idea that God is the ultimate perfect being and will never be anything less than the ultimate perfect being. However, anything made of matter changes over time. 
Therefore, God cannot change over time because he couldn't become less perfect. Therefore, God is of the mind and is personal. So, does that mean he's then not physical? Yeah. Yeah. And then there'd be no reason for me to go to a church anymore because I can worship him in my own mind. Exactly, exactly that. So, however, God can do the logically impossible. For example, could he then make 2 plus 2 equals 5? Well, yeah, he's supposed to be uh, all-powerful, isn't he? But then there's no meaningful way of doing this because we would know it's wrong. However, God cannot be wrong, and that's omnipotence. So whatever he says goes. So if he said 2 plus 2 equals 5, we just have to say, okay. Oh, but, but the fact that he used to say... Two plus two is four. Is no, it's not wrong anymore. It's it's still not wrong. It's just not right. Kind of, yeah. So God can, so He cannot change what's not possible. So two plus two will always equal four. That's just that's just how it is. That's the way the world is. That's fact. So and people say because God is so powerful, omnipotence, He can do whatever He wants. He can do the logically impossible. Yeah. So he could find a way of making 2 plus 2 make 5. people say that God can't do the impossible. He can only do things that are possible. Okay, okay, okay. So so we're saying... This is where we really lose people, because I've lost this way, I lose my mind. <laughs> so uh, a universal truth is that 2 plus 2 makes 4. God is all-powerful, yeah. therefore could change the nature of anything and then make 2 plus 2 equal 5, yes? Yeah. But you're saying he can't do that. But can he? But there's no way of meaningfully saying this. You you can't you can't make two plus two equal five because in wrong. terms of universal truth, you can add two plus two, but it will always equal four, regardless of the fact that God now says it makes five. Yeah. And that's how a cult works, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing about God is God is independent. Nothing brought him into existence because then he would be dependent. So yep. therefore. He has no beginning and he has no end. Okay, so he transcends time. Yeah. God exists everywhere and is everlasting. But. I feel like there's a but coming. I think the buts will come a little bit later on. Okay. So, if God is the most perfect possible being, can then God will evil? Uh. What? As far as I'm aware, God created evil, no? That's the thing, because God created everything. But then if 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 he created evil, does that then mean he is perfect? Well, he is. Yeah, he, he is perfect. He created something that was imperfect uh, as a way to, as far as I'm aware, test those that believe in him uh, to make them stray so that, you know, then he knows who he wants and whatnot. I don't know. <laughs> Seems a bit evil to me. And then there's the um the paradox of the stone. If God can do absolutely anything, can he then create a stone that he cannot lift? Ah, yeah, yeah. But then God can do everything. So of course he can lift that stone, but then he also can't lift make a stone that he can't lift. So then he can't do everything. Ooh, God got backed into a corner. <laughs> This is that. this is where it gets really fascinating because yeah. you're like okay create a stone that you can't lift. He can't do it. He physically can't do it. Either he won't be able to lift it or he can't create the stone. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like 
the the idea of God and what he can do transcends our knowledge of uh, like the laws of the universe exactly that because he created the universe if yeah. you are religious and believe this yeah but it's 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 it's, it's like it's like whoever created or invented the idea of God wasn't a scientist. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, they might have come up with these sort of things. And now it's got to the point where like science is now... Like, like realistically... I know I'm going to go off on a rant here. Um, do you know, we haven't had a rant of the week in a while. <laughs> um, do you know what? Cue the rant music. Religion... Let's be real honest. Religion came about because people couldn't understand the world they lived in. There was no way of them for understanding the world they lived in, right? Why does that tree just keep going upwards? Like, why does it not grow along the floor or something, if that makes sense? Why is the sky blue? And in Norse mythology, it's because we live in the eye of a giant, right? That would make sense. He has blue eyes and therefore... I mean, scientifically eye... speaking, it's the reflection of the sea, but... It, yes but obviously there's there's no way of like old norse people being able to explain why the sky was blue they had no idea that it was like uh sunlight passing through like rain particles or whatever in the sky that creates a, a rainbow effect and then makes that color there's no way of them of knowing mm-hmm. that so their way of explaining it was that a giant um uh called uh emir uh we live inside his like eye. that the sky is his eye or something like that right and it's held up by like four dwarves apparently right that's that that to them is a logical way of explaining it but now we look at norse myths and and gods and we go ah oh, that's a load of baloney in it i mean there are some people i follow on instagram that still believe in it and like kudos to you whatever you want to do but don't press it on that one right um and then like you've got i think in egyptian mythology uh the sun and the moon are pulled by two chariots right and they're constantly like chasing each other one or the other right now Okay, yeah, why not? That makes sense. There's no other way of explaining that. But obviously we know that's not true now. And we, we now look at it and go, well, that's a load of baloney. So why can't that work now with other mainstream religions that we have nowadays? Like, oh, God's all-powerful and all-like all stuff. Okay, well, can he make, like, a stone that he can't lift himself? Because if he can, mm. then he's, like... If he can do that, then he can't lift it. He's not all strong and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And then they get all sweaty and start panicking and saying, oh, don't ask questions. I think Ricky Gervais put it... it it's difficult to argue against. I think Ricky Gervais put it quite well. He's like, there's literally been like, for argument's sake, 2,000 gods throughout history, right? And 1,999 of them we don't believe in. Why can't we just push it that one more? Yeah, that's a, that a good argument. <laughs> anyway, that's the run over. It's just understanding. <laughs> it's just understanding your world, and now that we can argue, like arguably now we can explain how our world works. There's there's no need for this higher being. Like there is definitely a place for what religion does in a, in, t- in a sense of like a community level, uh, things it can do and how it can help people. Um, there are aspects of religion that you can take and say that is better, but the whole believing part, it, to me, is a load of baloney. I think it's used as a coping mechanism, specifically when it comes to death. I think as a species, we struggle to comprehend the death and the death of loved ones. Yeah. So I think it's used to help with that. Yeah. Because whenever I tell people, like, this is my personal belief, 
when we die, we die. We just cease to exist. And that's terrifying and it's impossible to comprehend. And I think people, because it's impossible to comprehend, then I would would love heaven to exist. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love that. I'm all for that. But I just can't see a way in which that's possible no yeah i'm absolutely i'm exactly the same as you um it it i'm, I'm assuming you've seen uh, uh bringing him up again ricky gervais's film the invention of lying yeah yeah, yeah. uh there's that there's that terribly sad scene where his mother is on her deathbed in the hospital and she's she's terrified of dying she says like she doesn't want it to be the end because there's nothing there that that's what they know and then ricky in it, the character invents this world where when she dies, she'll go to this wonderful place where all of her like sisters and brothers and relatives will all be and they'll all come and welcome her and give her a big hug and it'll be, a, it'll be the best thing in the world and she'll be as beautiful and as young as she was in her prime and she'll have the best food and everything will taste amazing and it'll just be the best place in the world. And she's like, is that right? Is that really what's out there? And he says, yeah. And it makes her feel so much better just hearing that and it makes dying for mm. her so much more bearable and easier to deal with because she now knows that there's yeah. going to be something on the other end of that now as mm-hmm. as you put it um it makes complete sense like it helps as a coping mechanism um but that's all it is i mean <laughs> but then but then yeah but but what do i do james like what does someone like me who's a vehement atheist i have no belief in any religion of any sort right um i don't get wrong i'm fascinated by it but i have i cannot in any way believe in a religion so do I just have to accept that when I die, that's going to be it? Because obviously dying is scary and nobody wants to die and we don't want to go to, well, we don't want nothing to happen after we die. So then what happens to us that, that can't believe in anything? What do we get? <laughs> there's no there's no comfort for us. I think that's your personal choice. You find comfort in life. Yeah. I mean, my biggest fear is dying. It is dying. But my, mine is rather specific. Mine is dying without knowing everything. Um i'm endlessly well yeah i know i know everyone i hate to break it to you ryan it's gonna happen i know i know and everyone i've everyone i've told that to (laughs) has always done the same thing and taken the mickey right but can imagine being so excited for like uh avengers endgame right but right but dying before it happened and there's no there's no resolution that's so irritating that really would bug me and obviously mine's grander than that you want resolution huh so you want resolution? What, you want a what, conclusion? Uh, yeah, I just want to know how how it went. Like how how was it going? I was really excited for that, and now I'm dead and I can't watch it. That's so irritating for me personally. It might be something uh, we can discuss. Okay. Uh, later on. No, I I I I get your concept, and I think I think that's very possible. I think you need to find a conclusion to your specific life. Not, I don't think if you look if you go seeking a conclusion of the spe- as a species as a whole and our meaning, I think you'll be looking forever, and I don't think you'll ever get any closer. Yes, which is so. I think it's but that's why take your life one day at a time. But, but that's and why, James, I'm going to live forever because um, by the time I'm at seventy, you will be able to then put your own consciousness or whatnot into another being, i.e., be that a robot a robot or something like that and therefore i will live forever would you do that uh, sorry would you do that a hundred percent hundred percent i wouldn't i think I'd, I'd just call it my time i mean i may feel differently when i'm in my 70s and 80s i might want to go by that point right now obviously i'm young full of life I'm, i want to know and see everything in the world that oh, there yeah, is to see sure. so obviously I, i'm saying that now and my perspective yeah may be different by then but um I'd, I'd, I would like to die on my own terms. I'd like to die when I'm ready to die, not when my biological body 
uh, decides I can't be asked anymore when my mind is still active and wants to know other things. I'd rather be then put into something that is more useful, i.e., you know, another body that can carry on doing what I want it to do. Interesting. Mm. I had a big old debate a while back with some friends about if science came up with a way to make you live to the age of, say, 500 Mm -hmm. and all you had to take was a procedure, would you then go through that procedure? And and most of my friends said yes, and I said no. Mm. I I don't know why, but I I, I have no interest in... It sounds... People, when I say this, like, oh my God, you're depressed, you want to die. (laughs) It's not the case at all. I have no interest in living to the age of 500. And because there's so many of the things that go into that, I think if you look at it from a completely... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Practical point of view. It, overpopulation would be mental. <laughs> the world would, the world would not be able to cope. We're already seeing food shortages, specifically today with kids getting horrendous rations. It's it's just if you overpopulate the world, which is what we're seeing, the climate will continue to go downhill. Starvation will happen. Mm-hmm. Will wipe out other species. It's not fair for the cycle of the Earth to continue as is as we want it to without interfering any more than we already have we need to die Mm. and as scary as that is for people to comprehend it has to happen that's just the way we're set up unfortunately i'm very selfish in that sense i mean i'm all for if if it comes to it you know in 500 years time you know if i if, if, if i'm myself contributing to the overpopulation i'm more than happy to get on one of elon musk's uh dragon x ships and go live on a colony in mars somewhere where there's less population you know go live somewhere else you know explore another place and then i can visit earth on holiday yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's it's fascinating but then people like yeah but i want to like you're saying i want to live longer to experience new things and to get greater understanding and stuff Mm. i would much rather get to the age of i don't know 80 90 and sit there looking around and be like you know what I had a bloody good time. I th- I think the general gist of it is don't waste time now and then think you'll make it up later. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can only accept the reality that's presented with you. And unfortunately, I'm sure this is giving people massive anxiety, this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reality of the situation the reality of the situation is we don't live forever and you can't bank on the fact that science will get us to that point in our lifetime. But, so you have to do everything now because life isn't that long. That's, a, that's all great to say that. And it, it, it sounds like, um, I mean, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> random, why would Ryan bring up Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer Aniston um, was asked, I believe, like, why is she still looking so young and fit at like, the age of 50-odd, right? And she's like, oh, you know, I just try not to take life too seriously. I do yoga every day. I meditate a lot. I eat healthy, etc., etc." And it's like, yeah, that's great if you have a lot of money that allows you to spend a lot of hours in the morning doing that. Like, if you can sort of break up your day like that. Whereas for the, the regular Joe, such as you and I, unfortunately, we have to spend almost 60 years of our life in employment. And the only time off we get is if we book it off uh, or on our weekends. Now, I, I don't feel like I can really go off and explore and do those things that I want to do in that sort of a f- tiny time frame. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to quote Mussolini here for oh, some oh, reason. Oh, very interesting. I believe it's Mussolini. I think it's Mussolini. I'm probably wrong. I'm sure someone will get angry at me on the internet and tell me about it when I'm wrong. And I'm going to paraphrase it as well. Yep. But he says... Um, 
everyone, no matter who they are, this is paraphrasing, will find an hour of contemplation every day. Yeah. So, to say that you can't, I don't know, obviously explore the world and things, you need more than an hour. Mm. But when it comes to things like yoga and meditation, that's very possible. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I, I, yeah, I couldn't do that. But... um. Yeah, there's. Uh, I can't. I can't learn the greater uh, mysteries of the world in an hour. Whereas if I lived for a lot longer. But then I don't think Jennifer Aniston's done that. I think she just drinks her kale shakes and works out. Yeah, and pays a lot of money for someone to help her keep fit. Oh yeah, for sure. But then, if you've got the money, use it for sure. But then it's possible to do it by yourself. I know some people that are incredibly fit and incredibly motivated that exercise every day, do yoga every day, they meditate. And they're not rich. They just do it off their own bat because they're self-motivated. And that's something I admire because when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm not very self-motivated. And I've been trying really hard lately to (laughs) become that person. And I think I am making steps. No, I'm the same. I'm not very self-motivated at all. But could you imagine, James? Like, Obviously, we we, we both started this podcast together. We're self-motivated enough to do the podcast. It's something that we're both very passionate about. And the the goal for us would be to make this our full-time jobs. Uh, However... Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's easy to motivate yourself with passion. Yes, but how many times have we had to postpone recording due to work or, you know, well, yeah, mainly because of work, i.e. work has, uh, we have to work a particular day or uh, due to work, um, we're now yeah. really tired and we have to finish late at night or early in the morning and just, not tonight, I can't do today, da 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 da, da because of work, right? Now, imagine a world yeah, where life that happens. wasn't a thing. We, we could record as many episodes as we liked whenever we liked. We could spend all of that time, if we really wish to, re- writing, recording, researching. Think how much time and effort we could spend on just doing that alone. But obviously, we, we can't because we have to do this thing called work. But then to link it back, does that then mean if we live forever, we then no longer have to work? Or do we then therefore have to work harder? No, good point. Good point. I think that was me sort of trying to edge in my... my support of universal basic income slyly <laughs> oh right fair enough but then if they're doing uh, that for people that are living to 500 they don't have the money for that they don't even have the money at the minute to feed kids but hey <laughs> good point yeah good point uh i feel like we've we've gone off topic quite a lot no i think it's a philosophy episode i don't think there is a g- such thing as going off topic i think there's just discussion and that was fascinating and i'm sure so many panic attacks have just been happening as people contemplate their death but Mm. I think going back to to the religion side of it, I will never take away someone's right or ability to think that there is a heaven because if that's what keeps them good and keeps them a, a decent human being and it keep, it comforts them when it comes to death, then you go for it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mm. No, no, absolutely. Uh, you, you have your right to believe whatever you like, so long as it doesn't affect me or the safety of other people. Once it starts doing that, it becomes dangerous. And also, well, then I'm gonna have... link that to veganism again. I know twice in one episode. I can't. I'm. I can't be controlled. Um, <laughs> does therefore their meat eating come under that bracket of your choices are therefore harming others on the planet? So does then uh, that need to be challenged? Yes, but then I suppose you have to then be honest with yourself and redefine what uh, you are. For instance, you shared on your social media uh, a couple of days ago about. Um, I think it was the picture of the dog hanging out of a car window and not looking yeah, at a yeah, truck. Yeah. Uh, and for listeners... With a, with a piglet's um, going to slaughter. Yeah, there's a piglet looking out the window of the truck and the dog is saying... Uh, the pig's saying, oh, where are you going? And the dog's like, I'm going to the beach. And where are you going? And then the piglet's like, oh, I don't know, but I hope it's somewhere as good as the beach. And obviously it's going, going to slaughter. Um, and then and then if, if I can par- paraphrase you, James... Uh, you'd said something, you cannot call yourself an animal lover and eat meat. No, the same way Ted Bundy can't call himself a people person. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, he might have seemed like it, but, but at the end of the day, he killed people. Well, no, he loved people, <laughs> just in his own unique way. Hmm. I was not expecting that. It really got me. Uh, yeah, no. Now, I'll be honest with you. I saw that, um, and I have always called myself uh, an animal lover. I've got pets. I love petting animals, and when I see animals, I get all mushy over them, blah, blah, blah. And when I saw your post, it, it did, I'll be honest with you, it did make me think. Um, and it's now made me almost have to redefine what I think I was. I am. Um, and it turns out maybe I'm not an animal lover. Maybe I'm not. Uh, maybe I... I'm. A, a, an animal a lover specific or specific animal animals. lover yes yeah yeah so i've had to now redefine basically what i am i'm an animal lover if it's a pet animal basically um, yeah you have you have a relationship with your your pet yeah no yeah exactly and so it turns out maybe i'm maybe i'm not um as much of an animal lover as i would have called myself or or i'm not as much as one as you are in terms of that it's not on the same scale um and then that's then something I then have to try and justify in my own head. Is that something I'm okay with? Well, maybe not, but I am still at the moment that man looking at the shadow on the wall. Mm, it all links. Fantastic. It all that, links. That's the thing, isn't it? I, I, I speak to my brother about it a lot, about veganism, because we argue about it. until Because me and my brother are very different people. The way he does things is the opposite to the way I do things. I don't know how. We're raised under the same roof, and we just have very different views on the world. And when I speak to him about it, I kind of respect the fact that he turns around to me and says, I'm not going to stop eating meat because I just don't care. He doesn't. It annoys me more when people come up with bullshit excuses. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, stop trying to justify it in your own head. Either just accept the fact that you don't care or have that debate with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, mine comes from laziness. It, it purely comes from laziness. It is much easier for me to go into the store and buy, you know, um, just diced chicken ready there just to put on the frying pan rather than go and specifically find uh, a, a vegan alternative. Um, but you say it's this, it's, I, I, it's lazy. I, I don't know if laziness is the word. I think it's convenience. I think because if you've been raised a certain way for as long as, obviously, like I struggled as well, 24 years, 
you go into the shop and you have a habit. You'll know where all the aisles are. You'll go and pick up the same things. You know yeah. how to cook certain meals. And then you have to rethink that and think of, I, I want to cook this meal, this meal. And for me, I, I loved it because like it got me back in love with cooking. I was thinking about it again. And recently, I've got really lazy with it, really lazy. And I'm having vegan junk food and frozen food and stuff. It's all still vegan, and I'm killing myself. And people are like but isn't going vegan for your health. For me, no, I don't really care. I'm okay with the fact that I'm unhealthy and going to die one day. Like, I'm, I fully accepted that, but I don't want to drag anything else down with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And if I can get fitter in the meantime, then amazing, <laughs> yeah, but that would help. it's not spot top on. of my agenda. You're spot on with the whole, like, you know, what, what I all sells and what, because I don't know if you've ever walked into, like, another shop that you go to that's not your usual. Oh, it's horrendous. How it's a really confusing experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, even if you go into like your local supermarket and they've changed the aisles around for some reason, oh, I just God, stand there yeah. like, why have you done this? Why? Yeah. What's the reasoning? I remember when I worked at a supermarket, I questioned them, like, why do you keep changing the aisles? And they say, oh, it's for the ease of the customer. I'm like, it's, it's not because they come in and they ask me where it is, and I don't know because you've changed it. <laughs> yeah, could you tell me where this is? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> It really annoys me. It's like it's not for the ease of anyone. I don't know why you're doing this. Just leave things where they are. That reminds me. I, I worked uh, very briefly, two weeks in fact, at a, uh, well, I don't think it exists anymore, um, a well-known DIY store in the UK called Homebase. Um, and I, I, within a couple of days, you know, I was being asked, excuse me, could you tell me where the uh, specific gloss paint is made or like so and so i'm like i i be honest with you i have no idea and i'd have to go find someone else who works there <laughs> basically i'm just doing nothing yeah it's ridiculous isn't it i used to have to do exactly the same and mm. I, even no matter how long i'd worked there for i'd always just tell people i was new <laughs> very good because very it good. just saves the saves the argument yeah. right <laughs> well sorry fantastic I don't work tangent here. i was waiting for a waiting for a great, great tangent to happen and it happened from god fantastic yeah, yeah. So God can't lift up a stone that He's made infinitely That's heavy. That's where this stemmed from. <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 God can't be all loving. Um, but then the the creating the stone argument goes back to earlier when we said two plus two equals five. God can only do things that is possible, and therefore God cannot create a stone that He can't lift because that's not possible. He's still bound within the rules of possibility. Yeah, so He's not all powerful then. But then, exactly, so uh, being omnipotent is being all-powerful. If the existence of an omnipotent being is self-contradictory, then an omnipotent being cannot exist. Yeah. If God can't be evil, he can't be omnipotent. Yeah, good point, good point. However, if he chooses not to, but then then also he can be evil, he's just choosing not to. Yeah, and if he can be evil, he's then not all-loving. Exactly. And then there's a word here, I don't know how to say, uh, euthro dilemma, uh, E-U-T-H-Y-P-H-R-O, Google it, no idea how to say it. <laughs> uh, can God make right wrong? Is morality whatever God wills it to be, or is it something independent of God? If morality is what God wills, if he then wills us to murder babies, is murdering babies morally good? If it's independent of God, then he cannot change what is morally good and therefore is not omnipotent. Interesting. So you could warp the idea of even murdering someone as being a good thing. If God willed it. Yeah. And who's to say that he did whatever he does is right. Well, I suppose that's where you've got popes for. Popes are there to sort of interpret it sort of kind of. 
Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Speaks. And like raunchy photos on Instagram. Have you seen that? <laughs> Pope Francis liking random models' pictures of butts and tits. Yeah, it's just really thing. raunchy posts on Instagram. <laughs> the Pope just liking it. It's, it's amazing. Hilarious. It's amazing. He's done it at least twice and now. And it's his actual pro, like it's the actual official yeah. account of his, isn't it? Yeah. But, but obviously he's not yeah. the one using it. Surely it must be some temp social media. Yeah, who's just flicking through? Must have forgot to change. Um, accounts yeah 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 no exactly that yeah he's forgot that he's got several accounts on his app <laughs> he's still on francis uh one <laughs> love so that so funny oh, love it what have we got next but yeah can god make right wrong who knows uh so god is good isn't good good is whatever god wills mm. so then there's no structure to morality but so then, then it comes into the argument of is morality an independent thing is my morality different to your morality yes. or is morality given to us uh, from I, god if, you, if if you're asking me morality is it's a personal thing uh your levels of morality are different to mine i.e uh I, for you I would, personally i would tend to believe the same going to the vegan thing uh for you it, it's immoral to eat animals to me it, there is leeway evidently um there is some leeway that i can use to get away with it um, but also how can you exactly how can you get uh, these sort of things from someone who can't talk i.e. God cannot speak like there was no way of actively engaging conversation with this man so how can he, he I imagine the bible isn't it all comes to the bible or or the holy book of whatever religion in the because we're not talking about specifically Christianity so no I mean it's obviously whatever it's, holy it's, book. it's always so easy to just talk about Christianity um, yeah but, but yeah. we're using God as the kind of a just all the all the gods but I mean uh, I don't know uh, it, it's so irritating like, like, to 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 be a person of a faith in our modern world and slate off religions of old, Celtic, pagan, etc., and say, "Oh, a lot of shit." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but didn't Moses get talking to by a bush that was on fire? Like, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, I think. Yeah. Um, oh Christ! Oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Christopher, oh blimey! Uh, uh, da, 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 I really, I'm really bugs me now. <clears throat> um, but there's a a, a, a writer. Um, oh, I'm oh, so sorry. Is it? He's a writer slash philosopher. Um, he uh, he's, he's he's relatively famous. Although for the life of me, I've completely forgotten it. I believe his first name is Christopher. Uh, and he he said about truly uh, have no idea what about the Virgin Mary, and said what's more likely, um, the fact, <laughs> uh, what's more likely the fact that um, uh, uh, the entire natural order of things, i.e., like giving birth and conceiving a child, was suspended, or that one minx completely lied. Right. Does that make sense to you? Not massively. He's suggesting about the the um, the bir- Mary getting pregnant by God, and he's saying what's more likely that the entire uh, natural way of conceiving a child was suspended for about half an hour, or the fact that Mary lied. What was more likely? Oh, she had an affair. She had an affair. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because one of the arguments against that that I saw is if that exact same scenario happened in the modern world, they'd be on Jeremy Kyle. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no one believed them. Everyone told them to sling their hook. Yeah. Christopher Hitchens. Oh, thank for that. Thank God there for go. that. You got it. <laughs> Christopher Hitchens was quoting someone else called David Hume. And the quote was, which is more likely that the whole natural order is to be suspended or that a Jewish minx should tell a lie? Oh, I've actually got David Hume's name down here. Cause and effect, suspend judgment. Uh, it's all about the the um, creation of Earth. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre, that kind of stuff. But, um, it is bizarre. And to link this to other episodes with the concept of good and bad being an independent morally decision, moral decision, we we find it, it like... Um, I'm going to link it back to Charles Manson, for example... Is it a learned behaviour, what he did, or was he born with the ability to do what he did? And I think we discovered, or we we agreed, that it was learned based on his upbringing. Mm-hmm. And we've, I think a lot of the people that we've spoke about that are unhinged and do terrible things, we, we've realised generally they've had a horrendous upbringing. And it's very rare that people will become murderers, rapists, all the people that the world doesn't want. Yeah by themselves with no exterior force like pushing them that way and also um on that we don't want to sort of excuse those that haven't uh had traumatic childhoods and whatnot like there there are definitely people out there that uh have had completely normal upbringings and have then gone on to become absolute Mm. monsters uh there are there are some people are just tapped there are a few out there whose uh wiring in their brain is not uh up to standards oh, yeah, mental health illnesses and things. yeah there, there is there is there is uh genetics also involved you know there are cases where um your brain has just not been wired correctly uh has therefore led mm. to you to be more yeah. uh more prone to being violent uh, and whatnot uh regardless of your upbringing but yeah for yeah. the most part a lot of it's got to be nurturing it how you're brought up yeah so now we're going to just, I think just to wrap it up, because we're hitting the hour mark, we're going to get on to um, does God will evil and all that kind of stuff. So the existence of evil is one of the biggest arguments against God. If God is perfect and omnipotent, he would surely then be able to eradicate evil. So because evil exists, does this mean God cannot? And there's two types of evil. There's natural evil and there's moral evil. And the examples I've got here, natural evil, natural disasters, tsunamis, bone cancer in children, that kind of things, things that humans don't Mm. really do. And moral evil, my example is Hitler, just evil Mm -hmm. people. So good can, but then, I don't know what I want to say here, but then can good exist without evil? So is it therefore impossible to create a good world without evil? Uh, but but God gave everything th- uh, free will, no. I believe so. I, I yeah, God did give everything free will. God gave us free will, therefore we're able to do with that whichever we please. Um, and again, I'll reiterate that. However, God can suspend time, so therefore can see into the future, and therefore knows what I will do before I do it. So does that mean that therefore I'm not free? Ah, yeah. There we go. There's there's the rub. Um. Yeah, the idea that uh, some people say, oh, it's God's plan. Okay, well, if it's part of the plan, I surely can't be free of will and be able to choose whichever I want because it's part of a plan. Mm. (laughs) It makes no sense. 
it's weird it's like with it's like with so religion it's... if you just sit back for five minutes and just think about it it's a load of crap right <laughs> as in the, all their arguments just sort of fall down that was a that was a massive attack that know. was a massive attack <laughs> no i don't really know whether i want to dive into that um so is evil just the absence of good uh, or is evil because of human free will obviously you've got things like natural disasters which climate change na- is 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 pushing that on but it still happened regardless jink jink god would be looking at natural disasters caused by climate change being like damn you guys are better than even i were yeah probably <laughs> just seeing us wipe out species of animals being like well didn't yeah. expect that um is, is is evil an absence of good? I don't know. What's that? What's that uh, quote? I think it's attributed to Churchill. But I'm not sure if it is. And that sound like all evil needs, all all that is required for evil to thrive is for good men to do nothing. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is an absence of good that creates evil. Maybe. I uh, I think there needs to be a contrast because without evil you then don't know what good is because then that becomes the norm oh very interesting Uh, very interesting indeed and vice versa yeah 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 if i if i can just go off on another uh tangent i suppose um there's there's a philosophical question debate thing topic to bring up uh that involves um a, a picture if you will uh, a big bathtub with a roof on it, right? Filled with water. And a scientist comes up to you and says, Ah, James, like, uh, it's all ready for you. All you've got to do is just get in. And what will happen is uh, you'll close your eyes. The next time you open your eyes, you'll live in a perfect world. Everything in it will be perfect for you. Um, whatever you, whatever will be a perfect world for you, James, uh, the computer that we've got here mm. will create it for you. All right? You'll know no different I'll very much Except look forward to this it. perfect world, right? Uh, you'll have no sadness, no like you'll no you'll feel no loss. You'll have everything that you could ever want, right? Everything will taste amazing okay. and feel amazing and just be all heightened and it just be exactly what you want, all right? Uh, however, the only issue, of course, is you will live out the rest of your natural uh, life in this flotation tank, uh, and uh, the rest of the world will continue on. The real world will continue as is including your family and your loved ones they will continue their lives but you you'll you'll obviously not be part of that you'll be living your own perfect world in this flotation tank and the question then obviously is yeah would you go into the flotation tank uh and it turns out a lot of people no. say exactly the same as you they say no uh and a lot it seems the main reason is that uh, that absence of bad that absence of uh, bad stuff happening is an issue for a lot of people because then they won't know they fear that they would forget what feeling good is because there's nothing to make them feel bad again exactly that's a such a good point and also i like that life isn't perfect i like the imperfections obviously there's some points that are really bad and really low and you're, you're really struggling but i then like the contrast of when you're feeling really high and you look back on the low times and go wow i've come a long way I, I, I don't think life is supposed to be perfect and I don't think I'd, I'd, I would never want it mm. to be perfect. Yeah, no, it turns out a lot of people agree with you on that one and they say they wouldn't they wouldn't go in it. Uh, they'd rather a life with all its ups and downs than one where 
It's just perfect. Yeah, it'd be boring. (laughs) Would it, though? Because you could fly in this world. Yeah, but once, but then that just becomes the norm. The grass is always greener. Grass is always greener, absolutely. (laughs) And then... (coughs) Right, on that note... Well, I I did have one quick one. It sort of uh, explores a bit more. It's it's a bit like The Matrix. What is reality? And uh, are you aware of Rennie Descartes? Rennie Descartes and and, uh, his famous uh, phrase, um, I think, therefore I am. Yep, there we go. ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. Uh, uh, This is just off the top of my head. I've not researched it or anything like that. I just remember it relatively well. Uh, something about how um how how can he be aw- how can he be sure that the world he's living is is real that this this reality that i'm in is the actual reality and that yeah, i'm not being tricked and that there's actually there's another reality out there that i cannot see or stuff like that and it just it goes along like with the matrix like um so i'll not go into Rennie descartes version i'll just sort of let's talk about the matrix and is this a simulation do you think the world we live in is a simulation or is it real is it real it is such a rabbit hole um yeah it's real <laughs> there you go everyone it's real <laughs> it's just because i have no interest in believing anything mm. other than that well, uh, have you seen the matrix films i the, yeah, there's a, yeah there's obviously I have. it's all simulation the scene uh in a restaurant and the man is eating his steak and he's explaining how like although this is a simulation which i'm very much aware of this steak tastes exactly the same as it would in the real world and therefore i'm happy with that yeah it's true it's um the same as the Truman Show isn't it that makes you question it does doesn't it but then have you seen um The Office lately released a hidden scene that they never released Uh, I've seen I haven't seen the scene that they've sent out but I'm aware that they released it yeah okay so spoilers Uh, I won't spoil much but basically it's a scene with Dwight and Jim's playing a prank on him as per and they convince Dwight that he's in the Matrix. <laughs> and they give him the red pill and the blue pill. The blue pill, he stays in the system. The red pill takes him out of it, just like Matrix. And to everyone's disp- disp- uh, surprise, Dwight chooses the blue pill. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, wait, what? And he looks around and goes, I, I fully understand what you're saying, but I am completely happy with where my life is right now. Mm-hmm. So even if this isn't real, the feeling of being happy is real to me, so therefore I'll stay. Mm. I like that. I like that. I love it when we get nice moments with Dwight. Yeah, he he he's a absolute anarchist, but he's a uh, got a good heart. Yeah, it's like when he he's sort of uh, he comforts Pam. I think quite early on in the series, and she's mm. she's crying in the yeah. in the corridor, and he's like, "Oh, you, you're PMSing quite bad, right?" And she's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives her his coat. It's quite nice. Um, yeah, mm. he has his own little way of comforting people. Yeah, no, I, I think this is the real world. I think it's real. I don't see that it's it, it's fake or, or it's a simulation. If it's a simulation, I'm enjoying it, and maybe that's something for us atheists to um to latch on to if we if we ever get scared of dying. Maybe that's something we can look into. The idea of that this world's just uh, this is just a uh, this is just a uh, the matrix. This is just a matrix. Like when we die, what happens is we just enter the real one, uh, and then we just get to do that one again. Um, that might be something for us. Uh, I don't think there's a computer or imagination powerful enough to 
come up with the crap that happens on this planet. No, there definitely isn't. I mean, my PlayStation can't even play Cyberpunk, so it definitely can't create an entire <laughs> universe. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, that's the general uh, philosophy episode. Uh, very different to what our normal episodes are. Um, do go back and listen to our back catalogue. Sylvia like in part two come next week, and we'll get back to normal ways of telling you the story of interesting, evil, good people through history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. As James mentioned, uh, Sylvia Likens Part 2 is next week. Um, make sure you follow us on all the social media whatnots. Uh, we can find pictures, etc. Uh, little updates now and then if we need to give you them on our socials. Uh, oh, we have a new link tree, which I'm, I'm very excited about. And I got... Oh, yeah. It's in my Instagram bio and everything. Yes, yes. Um, uh, for those of us, if you follow us on the Instagram, uh, if you if you don't and you're new to us, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can find us, just type in uh, That's WPD. Uh, same goes for Twitter and Facebook. Just type in at That's WPD and you'll find us there really, really easily. Uh, obviously, we are available to listen to on many, many streaming platforms, i.e. Uh, your Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, etc., um but we, uh, i i'm i'm in charge of the socials uh, unless i'm not available to do them i only post spotify and uh apple podcasts on our links to twitter and facebook and that's only because they're the two most listened to platforms for us and so it just in terms of ease of usage i just leave them there in terms of instagram you cannot put a link uh for each individual episode you cannot do it it's actually quite annoying and irritating so every time i post a nice cool picture with a the description of what we're doing uh it's like i just hope that you're subscribed to us somewhere but now i we have a link tree in our bio uh where if you click on that it can take you to uh, a list of um places where you can find us so you can find us on our facebook page twitter uh our kofi page etc all that sort of stuff it's all on there which i got really excited about so that's that um yeah uh, and finally so yeah if you could um if you could uh, whichever platform you are listening to us if you are able to drop us a review cheeky little five stars it really helps the podcast grow we've noticed our listens just keep going and going and going and going um so we're really really happy with that, that at the moment um and also big thank you um we've had a couple few donations to the kofi page um recently so i'd like to just do a quick shout out to those people that's to sam cat jenna and Faye, thank you very much for your donations towards the podcast. They all will help big time. Uh, if you would like to send us a donation, it's just a one-time thing. It's not like Patreon. I'm not asking for your money on a monthly basis. If you fancy uh, just helping out the pod, you go, I like these guys. Do you know what? I'll bang them a couple of quid. Uh, you can find us at www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. Or you can just go on the link tree on our bio and you'll find a link to it there. <laughs> So yeah, that's everything. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. Ta-ra.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.